I don't know. I think there's I think there's some things that you can slag off and things that you can't slag off when there's kids. For example, I feel like I'm going to go quite hard on their fashion choices, which I think is reasonable. I think the quality of the song is reasonable. You know, calling them an annoying little shit, probably less acceptable. There are a few, though, aren't there? Hello, I'm Phil Smith, and welcome to Eurovision in Isolation. Yes, as the UK rapidly heads towards lockdown four, lockdown five. Uh, We know the only thing that keeps some of you sane is our rapid descent into insanity listening to an infinite number of Eurovision songs. So once again, we're putting ourselves through pain to give you some pleasure. And once again, we've got our second Christmas special. Whoever thought that would happen? And this time uh, we will be listening to some junior Eurovision songs from the upcoming Junior Eurovision, which will be airing on the 19th of December. And so I have gathered three wise men and Simon uh, to discuss this one. If you guys are three wise men, does that make me Jesus? That makes you the donkey, I think. (laughs) <laughs> we have All I Want for Christmas is You Minnie Meyer Hi Phil Rocking Around the Christmas Tree It's Dan Irvin Hello again Phil Santa Claus is coming to town It's Alex Smith Hi Phil, thank you Phil Lonely this Christmas It's Simon <laughs> Rickenback Hi Phil so, yes, Junior Eurovision, as yet we avoided this one because even I don't bother with Junior Eurovision. But with their festive edition being hosted in Paris, France this year, we thought, what a good excuse for a Christmas special. In my research for this, found out that uh, the UK has only competed in Junior Eurovision three times and... 2003, 2004, 2005, and in 2004, we we came second. So this is our most recent successful entrant at Eurovision. 2005, the show was hosted by Michael Underwood. Rest in peace. First one, Tara Palmer-Tompkinson. I did not envision Tara Palmer-Tompkinson would be a Eurovision anchor. 2003 was a different era. So certainly, when you think on the BBC, you've got Wogan, and then ITV were fronting Tara Palmer Tompkinson. I, I assume she'd just come off the back of her I'm a Celebrity success. Also, Tara Palmer Tompkinson actually dead, Michael Underwood very much alive. <laughs> <laughs> I, meant, I meant his career as a broadcaster. Well, Junior Eurovision is very much like... Um, major Eurovision the point scoring is a a little bit different Uh, I think they have some fail safes in place to make sure that nobody goes without any points at junior Eurovision usually there's a much smaller field we've only got I believe there's 19 acts this year 
but otherwise it's all very similar they have a slogan every year this year's slogan is imagine after last year's winner valentina with jimagine shall we jump in to song number one song number one comes from armenia this is malina with kami kami Don't you tell us about this one? It's tempting to say no. <laughs> There's quite a nothing number, this one, I think. Uh, I just have so few thoughts about it. It's probably the song that sounds most like a Eurovision Song Contest song um, of all of them, but in the sort of way like it's been written by an AI it sort of understands all the parts of what music is, but it's never really experienced the concept as a whole. I guess you call it synth pop. When I was listening to it, I felt a bit old. I, I, I said, oh, this is very modern. And then I sort of hated myself immediately. Um, yeah, sort of a uh, lady in a sparkly outfit does some dancing to a synth pop song, and it's kind of average. Dan, uh, can you be more positive than Simon on this one? Well, I would certainly say that rather than the, maybe the most boring entry we'll see tonight, I think it's probably the most interesting one. Um, I think it's uh, got some interesting vocals. I've sort of thought at times she sounded a bit Billie Eilish-like, um, which is a nice change from the kind of sickly sweet 14-year-old girl kind of vibes that we get in pretty much all the other songs tonight. Um, so you add in a funky dance beat, and it's suddenly, you know, very modern Eurovision. Um, and, I, and Simon's kind of alluded to it, but it wouldn't actually feel out of place at Big Boy Eurovision. Um, so... <laughs> big Boy, I love you, Big Boy Eurovision. <laughs> I think it works. I, I, various points when I've been uh, sort of rehearsing my lines for tonight, it feels weird saying adult. That you makes it... You rehearse line? The only lines he's been rehearsing is in the toilet. Is that a joke about cocaine? It was a, it was a cocaine joke. Yeah. It's the season. <laughs> it's it. What? Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Do you think it's cocaine a Christmas drug? Is that a thing that I didn't know? Thanks <laughs> and all your round drug, mate. It's just a party it's, drug, isn't especially it? Especially if you work it's, in uh, Parliament. It's not like mince pies, mate. They don't only sell <laughs> cocaine <laughs> from November onwards. There's some there's some like cocktails that you can only get from like in uh, around Christmas time, isn't there? Yeah, no. <laughs> no, no one's having no one's having a snowball in August, are they? No one's having maybe an some Christmas drugs. I don't know. <laughs> well, mate, you uh, gotta try some of that Christmas cocaine. They sort of they dust, <laughs> they, dust, they dust it in cinnamon and icing sugar to sort of make it Christmassy. Oh, that's that's good. That, that sounds delightful. Yeah, Christmas yeah. special. Kerry Katona, she liked it. She's very Christmassy. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Kerry Katona was Christmas Eve. She, she was in a lot of Iceland adverts at Christmas times. Rest in peace. Is she dead? No, 
<laughs> I thought she was. <laughs> I thought she was as well. Are we sure? I'm pretty sure she's alive. I'm pretty sure you're confusing her with Jade Goody. Yeah. Is she dead? Yes, Jade Goody is dead. Rest in peace. Sorry, the running joke of the Junior Eurovision podcast is, is this celebrity that we've referenced dead? <laughs> Alex, what were your thoughts on the Armenian Junior Eurovision entrant? Sorry, I've distracted myself now because I found a dead or not dead celebrity quiz. <laughs> oh, let's play it. Fuck it. Let's play it. Um, Morgan Freeman, not dead. Not dead. Not dead. Not dead. Are we going with not dead as opposed to alive? Just <laughs> yeah. Henry it's Kissinger. But this is dead. the US, isn't it? Not yeah. dead, surely. Dead. Not dead. Dead. Kenny Everett. Oh, he's dead. He's a British radio DJ. Yeah, he's dead. Ella Fitzgerald. Dead. Yeah, surely over a hundred if she was. Sorry, no, she's not. Surely. She's alive. What? She's alive. <laughs> Sorry. How, when was this updated? Ella Fitzgerald is dead. She died in 1996. What? Yeah. <laughs> so this quiz is just bullshit. That's what this is. I mean, it's not like it was made before 1996. <laughs> is there another Ella Fitzgerald? <laughs> well, rest in peace, Ella Fitzgerald, of course. Um, I think Armenia is actually pretty good. And I think it's actually the most polished of all. Um not only is it big boy Eurovision ready, I think it's it's a kind of song that could be for public consumption ready. You know, it it's uh, it reminds me a lot of uh, Robin, rest in peace. Um, like and as Dan said, a little bit of Billie Eilish, a little bit Robin. You know, it's got kind of uh, you know casual casual bar background music kind of vibes to it. I like it, I like it a lot. I certainly agree with polished. It's the most polished of of all of them. I'm not sure if it's big boy Eurovision ready, but yeah, it's definitely the most polished of the five we're listening to tonight. I don't know if uh, any of you know what uh, Kami Kami means. Sorry, I feel my Armenian's a little rusty. Fair, fair. Uh, So Kami means wind. So, uh, Kami Kami is wind, wind. Like a wind, wind situation. <laughs> no, I feel like it's sort of a, uh, it's like when you say you're going out, out. I think it's like, no, it's wind, wind. <laughs> like diarrhea. How, how is diarrhea like wind, wind? Well, I guess you might be euphemistically being like, <laughs> oh, okay. I, need, I need to find a toilet. No, it's. Wind, wind. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's Armenia and wind, wind. Douze poids. Who would like to give this song their douze poids? I would like to give my douze poids, Phil. It's just so different from any of the other any of the other songs that we're hearing tonight. You know, it's it's a very big boy Eurovision, as we've said. Um, I think. Simon kind of hinted that it's kind of lacking a little bit in terms of a bit of an edge, a bit of something to kind of take it a bit further. But I honestly think it's the best one we've got tonight. So do spoil. Yeah, I agree. It does need a sort of a, a key change or something just to up it at the end. But no, yeah, totally get where you're coming from on that. 
Anyone else want to um, hand this their 12 points? Yeah, Dan and I were in discussions before this about how we were going to block vote and uh, we settled on this one. So I'll be giving my 12 points to Armenia as well. Uh, very slick, very polished. I do agree. Yeah, key change actually wouldn't wouldn't be a miss. Um, but in terms of uh, it's it's a very professional song actually compared to some of the others, which are distinctly kiddie, as we will soon hear. Yeah, the three of us had discussions about how we could uh, stonewall Simon uh, before the podcast. So I'll be giving this my dues as well. I would say it's the only one uh, tonight, maybe with the exception of Malta, which we'll come to that don't sound like they were written by children so yeah this was one of the rule tweaks that they changed as as junior eurovision has developed originally all the songs had to be exclusively written by children now the children only need to be uh co co-writers on their songs uh so adult co-writers are are permitted and presumably majority of the writing but there you go maybe some of the other songs may uh, prove different. Uh, Simon, is it a full house? Do you want to give this your 12? No, I can see why you have. Uh, it's a very disappointing field uh, and this was one of the less disappointing elements of it, but I, I'm not getting any, not reaching in my points bag today. Okay, Simon, once again, stopping us from having a, a full house and a panel in agreement. Shame. Right. Song number two this week comes from Albania, not a, not a country we visited very often on the podcast, but uh, ever present at, at Eurovision. This song is from Anna Jibria and is called Stand By You. <laughs> The, the song is a sort of upbeat pop number uh, about standing up to bullying and uh, being there, being an, a number for your friends so that they, they don't get bullied. It's a very sort of earnest and, and worthy song, but I think makes it a bit worse for me, actually. I, I Musically, I find this song quite interesting. It's very listenable. Uh, melodically, uh, I find the earnest lyrics quite jarring. I mean, it, it seems to be a theme at Junior Eurovision that the the acts come with a, a message and a point. And sometimes I just want songs to be happy and dancey or something without uh, ramming an anti-bullying message down my throat. I think everyone's anti-bullying. You, you can't be pro-bullying that's that's a mad point of view um i i very much enjoy a lot of the the cliches in the music video the bullies seemingly being about five years older than all the other children in it the chemistry lab disco was a particular high point of the music video um and other cliches like bullies knocking books out of kids hands and hanging out by the lockers but uh, 
if they get a point for every jean jacket that's in this video, I think they'll be very, very happy. Um, Simon, what did you like or dislike about this one? It's funny that you said that no one's going to come out with a pro-bullying stance, um, but here I go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not saying that exactly, but like it does play into some sort of like classic tropes. Which is like so the the bullies get their tests back and they've both got no points on their test and the kid that's getting bullied has got ten out of ten or something and and like and they're like oh bullies are stupid but if anything this podcast has proved that you don't have to be stupid to be a bully we we're perfectly you know we're relatively clever and perfectly capable of punching down uh, the stuff that comes our way so you know that wasn't too much of that also the the other thing I, I thought about is that there's just no consequence for the bullying like the. At the end of the video, the two kids that have been doing the bullying just walk off and they're not in the final 30 second dance. And, which... and they walk off arm in arm, which yeah. I find that was a weird, weird moment. But yeah, they're, they're, they seem happy enough. Like they're just, you know, it, it wouldn't be a punishment for me not to be involved in a, a dance with all the other people at the school. I'd be pretty happy to get off with that. So, you know, I thought despite the anti-bullying message, they hadn't really um, worked out what they were going to do to these bullies. Is that something you would rectify as a school governor? Would you expel those bullies? They've clearly been held back a few years already. <laughs> um, I think it's a very complex issue, uh, multifaceted, that you want to, you know, you'd want to consider alternate factors. For context, we went on holiday earlier this year and Simon told us that he wanted to be a school governor. And we have a That's clip of this that we recorded. So I'll include that at the end. So it's about, about giving something back. You know? So this podcast isn't giving something back. No, it's something good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Minnie, are you pro-bullying, anti-bullying? Well, I did think this has a lot in common with um, the German entry at this year's Big Boy Eurovision. Um, oh, yeah. I don't feel hate in the the song and the video make it very easy to ignore its anti-bullying message and, and it's not helped by yeah. the fact that she looks a bit like rebecca black yeah yeah we're talking friday era rebecca black not sort of mm. rebecca black brackets r.i.p let me consult <laughs> she wasn't the kid in the frosties advert she's alive i think he is also alive by the way that no. was just a rumour. Was that just a high school rumour? Rebecca Black is alive. She's 24. My my colleague has tickets for us to go see Rebecca Black. So you 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 did have a bit of an advantage in the is Rebecca Black dead game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I was fully aware Rebecca Black still alive. She's anyway. released a lot of music since Friday, none of which has charted. Sorry, Wikipedia. People dubbed it the worst song ever, and I think that is a bit harsh. I, that, I, oh, yeah. Well, I mean, we've, they, we've listened to worst songs on this podcast. Yeah, they clearly haven't listened to Junior Eurovision before. <laughs> um, anyway, we we we've got uh, distracted. Dan, what were your thoughts <clears throat> on um, bullying? <laughs> oh, bullying. Well, I'm I'm against bullying. I'd like to come out now and be quite clear about that. Um, it's interesting, Phil, the way, the way you put it, because I've actually got my notes kind of the other way around. I really like the music video, but I didn't really enjoy the song. 
You know, I thought yeah. I quite liked the anti-bullying messaging they were going for, and, and even like the choreography at times was 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 pretty decent um, for a kids' music video. Um, I just thought musically it was lacking. Yeah, I thought it was actually okay. Um, it's quite a nice story, and it might have been nice to have that story kind of wrap up at the end of the music video, but I can't begrudge it that. You know, it's got this kind of a high school musical kind of video release about it with the sort of flash mob dance bits to it. And uh, as you said, the um, laboratory disco, which is all quite fun. I, I think it's I think it's it's OK. It's pretty good. You know, as a, as what is a, a kiddie song? Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. You know, and, and I understand, you know, all these junior revision songs come have to come laced with messaging and. You know, go figure of the nineteen. There's this this can't be the only one about bullying. <laughs> in in yeah. the same way that when we listen to Germany, that can't be the only one about the environment, you know. So I guess if that's if that's the bit of a trope with junior Eurovision, they've they've not I can imagine that you know, there could have been worse songs about bullying which were even more cliched and tropey. Fair. Can we give uh, this song some uh Yoki Papai points? Perhaps Ooh. for sort of a nice, uh, nice blend and mix of the the native dialect and English. I feel like they actually s- succeed in that quite well here. Yeah. As you say, melodically, Phil, this song does work. Lyrically, though, it's a little bit at times. But but I think yeah. they do they do make that mash up work quite nicely. So I, I'm going to give yeah. it some Yoki Pi points. I think I could do that. Um, right. Any uh, do's? Po- There's not a lot of do's is left in the room here suggest we're going downhill but uh, any douze poids simon no any nil poids for this one yeah i didn't talk about the song musically at all but i do hate it i think it's really bad you know does it sound like it's written and sung by a kid yes in quite an annoying way um so yeah i was not a fan at all of this musically i wasn't a fan of the video uh I will never see what it ends up being like live because I will never watch it. Um, and I suspect it'll be terrible. No points. That's given uh, Anna a, a, a negative score with no no dues pas and one nil pas. So um, boo, Simon, you big bully. Right, we'll move on to song number three. Song number three comes from Pauline uh, from Germany. And this is the, as previously discussed, slightly derivative, Imagine Us. was poorly and this is mini germany's answer to the question what if greta thunberg wore a horrible cardigan delivers <laughs> a series of meaningless platitudes uh, we make miracles wonderful again is the translation while picking up litter which is a bit hypocritical given how much rubbish she's disseminating the video uh, which appears to have been directed by kids as well is notable for scenes of children inhaling nitrous oxide from balloons and a confusing text that Pauline sends at one point that reads, please help us, come here, present emoji. <laughs> Presumably Little Mobile was down that day because no help was forthcoming. 
I mean, before we go any further, uh, uh, Minnie has rightly called out a horrendous cardigan. Shall we start the discussion there? Well, uh, horrendous cardigan and some f- paired with flared jeans. Yeah. Yeah, I wondered if they got to pick their own costumes. So, and if, if it's fair to criticise her fashion choices. I was in two minds because I think in another song that's still to come, we've got a clear case of adults dressing children, which I don't think is necessarily always a good thing. Um, in this case, I'm in two minds. It might have been that she's this is hey wear this by a costume designer, but I've got a sneaking suspicion that Pauline has just picked out a really ugly cardigan. If you ever wonder how many shades of brown is too many shades of brown, uh, Alex, why don't you give us your views on this one? Yeah, it's quite good. Uh, <laughs> it is quite sweet and twee. You kind of imagine it, it's very. Do you know what I mean when I say like it's very IKEA? It feels I very don't IKEA. Know what you mean. No. Okay. Sweet. Explain. Can you like? Do you know when you sort of walk around IKEA, and it's all very kind of uh, synthetically clean and perfect, but you are very aware that it is you're just in a big old shitty warehouse. Okay. It's it's very IKEA. And the pencils are too small. And the pencils are too small. If IKEA I... was a song, this would be the IKEA song. So so it's a warehouse of a song that's synthetically clean. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'll be honest, the you metaphor has escaped me. <laughs> okay, it's an IKEA song. Right, great. Uh, Simon, did you enjoy Pauline's Little Ditty? That sounded way too weird. <laughs> 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 Definitely can't use that. Uh, Simon, did you enjoy this song? Yeah, no. Uh, for me, it's sort of it's got a catchy chorus, but in general, fails to raise itself above the levels that you'd expect from your average school talent show. And I'm I'm curious, and I don't know if you know Phil. Did this? Did Germany have a contest to decide who won? And like. Is there, you know, podcast yardage in going to the German selection contest that selected this shit and presumably had 10 or 15 other songs that were worse than this? I I can't even begin to imagine how terrible that must be. Good question, Simon. Uh, Yes, yes, they did. Unlike adult Eurovision, junior Eurovision does actually mandate a selection competition. You do have to have had a a competition. So somehow Pauline did win a contest. Circling back to Alex's point, Alex has called this a bit of a Ikea song. And I think maybe I can see this as a bit of a Pepsi song. You mean they set the kid on fire? Yeah. <laughs> no, Manu- manufactured. Mean... We're the Pepsi generation. Is that what you mean? Is that what you're feeling? A little bit of that. A little bit of the... If you remember the Kendall Jenner advert that never got aired for Pepsi, oh, yes. where it was a sort of bit of a, a a protest of nothing, but we're yes, we're on the side of protest. 
because the music video makes it very environmental. Look, we're cleaning up plastic from this TV studio, which is weird anyway. But as far as I can tell from the song, it just seems to be about, ooh, imagine us all being friends and everyone being happy. And and it just seems a bit nothingy in its protest. And it, it, I think I've had this complaint about uh, big boy Eurovision songs before as well where they're not about anything in particular. They just want to sort of harness the the protest or the, um, the something against nothingness. Uh, and so it, it feels like it's trying to sort of invoke, oh, yes, all the environmentalists, woo, without the song actually being anything particularly about it. Um, so, yeah, in that sense, I think it's quite Pepsi-like. You're right. The, the lyrics make no reference to it. The environment. I think it says, yeah, together we have a goal and the future could be brighter. <laughs> and it's and it's clear that they've tried to make it about something with the video, but it's not a song about anything. Alex, your IKEA rant. You had your bike nicked outside an IKEA recently, didn't you? I did, yeah. Is that why you're so angry? Fuck him. Yeah. Do you Fuck think him. it was Pauline that stole your bike? Honestly, she's she could be one of the suspects. Everyone's a suspect. It's it's, it's bigger than who shot Mr. Burns. I'm I, I'm not sure I'm a suspect. I'm not sure I uh, remember how to cycle. I mean, it's notoriously hard yeah. to forget. Okay, uh, who's poor? Simon, is this your favourite of the bunch? No. Nil poir. Anyone want to uh, complain more fervently about Pauline's effort? Yeah, I'll give it nil. It's pretty shit, isn't it? <laughs> okay. <laughs> do Do you want to maybe record a more soft version of that? You're happy just to call Pauline's effort shit. I mean, for <laughs> most of, for most of the rest of this, we've just been calling her cardigan shit. But if you want to put put your balls to the wall and say that her whole song is shit, then then fine. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> You've doubled down. Double down. You must remember that the podcast in general takes a pro-bullying position. Shut up, Simon, you wanker. <laughs> Shall we move on to song number four? Song number four comes from Elisabetta Lizza, and this is Specchio from Italy. Alex, why don't you talk us through this one? Underwhelming. That that's the whole introduction you're going to give us for this song. <laughs> it's it's an underwhelming, yeah, sure. You're song, me, sure. <laughs> it's it's an it's an <laughs> underwhelming rock song <laughs> in Italian. Uh, you can join us next week for more well reasoned and well prepared. <laughs> no, I so I I. I joke but that is it's it's it was difficult to conduct thorough analysis of this because of how underwhelmed i was with the song and i think that that the root of that is because italy won with a swashbuckling rock song 
in the Big Boy Eurovision just this year. And and again, Phil, you'll fill us in on the selection process. But you do wonder, you know, have they have they sort of followed that up with another rock song? But it just pales in comparison rather than sort of forging, you know, their own path as a Eurovision junior entrant. It's a sort of it follows a similar kind of hymn sheet, but misses the notes all along the way. It's nowhere near as good as Maniskin. It's kind of like remember old S Club S Club Juniors, just they were shit compared to the real McCoy. Um we kind of have this pink sound, the artist pink rather than the colour pink, which just which doesn't ever really take off in the way that Maniskin took off when it sort of grabbed you by the scruff of the neck and by the throat and sort of forced you to listen to and enjoy this rock song. <laughs> There's nothing like that here. It's all it's not soft rock. It's just kind of that kind of Blink-182 style rock. I uh, didn't really like it. And I was thinking about when we did the old My Chemical Romans, uh, I would, I'd like to propose um, uh, Firenze and the Machine for this one, for our little pun. And we're back to thinking about bad Italian rock puns. Red Hot Chili Pepperonis? <laughs> okay, Dan, what did you make of uh elizabetta yeah i mean i my to be honest 90 percent of my notes are about the comparisons to maniskin uh i think alex is exactly right um i would say he's a bit harsh because uh you couldn't do maniskin at, at junior eurovision so it has to be toned down to a certain extent now i don't think they've they've achieved uh in anything but i do think that that does need to kind of be, be said um and i had half wondered actually whether this uh this was this was a, a late entrant to go for the bond theme See the masks that crop up, crop up every time. It's the, it's the same imagery. But thankfully, uh, Rami Malek didn't turn up to ruin this one as well. Dan, has your dog recently had a haircut? Yeah, that's, yes, that's, that's a fresh trim. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, um, the... Oh, he's on the mic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Minnie, what did you make of this one? Gwen Salami. <laughs> <laughs> There's our winner. There's the winner. That, that could be a drag queen. Like um, like me. Um, I'm I'm going to bring back Phil's fashion police for this one. This is the case where I I strongly suspect that uh, Elizabetta has been dressed by an adult, trying to think what what would a kid like to wear. She's wearing a leather jacket and a knee length tutu, and I would argue that no one, adult or child, has ever thought that that is an outfit that goes well together. I think just leave kids to dress themselves, even if it's terrible, then at least you can tell that it's, they've picked it out. We're in a precarious position here because we've got two songs left. So Simon's either going to give his douze poids to, to Italy here or Malta next. So um, everyone, please bear that in mind as we ask any douze poids. Yep, Phil, I'm giving this my 12 points. I don't have anything really good to say about it. I just think it's listenable. It was a low bar. It met that bar. Okay, there we go. Any nil poise for Italy? Yep, I'm giving it mine. You gave yours to Germany. Did I? Yes, we had a whole conversation about whether you wanted to, um, to say, yeah, it's shit. <laughs> I think we should let him do two. 
because it is Christmas. I mean, if it's <laughs> if we let it him is. do two, can I just give my nil to all of them? <laughs> I'll I'll stay with Germany, I think. Okay. On reflection, you don't want to disagree as fully as you can with Simon. You're happy to have some festive seasonal common ground. Exactly. It was in the spirit of Christmas and goodwill. Lovely. How festive. Shop Simon's okay. wank. <laughs> where, where, can uh, I, where can I bet on junior Eurovision? I feel like if it exists, you can probably bet on it. So, so no. apparently in most countries, it's illegal to bet on underage events. <laughs> Whatever we need to VPN to? <laughs> I, think, I think similarly, you're not allowed to bet on when people die. Because um, I suppose it would probably encourage murder, for one, as well as being in quite poor taste. Just bringing about the old RIP thing, but I, I did, when Prince Philip died... Did you did you look to find? I, I looked. Odds. To put some, I put a lump lump on Queen dying in the next year, um, and I'm glad I didn't because I would have lost money. She's hanging on in there, bless her. Well, we've got a week till this goes out. We will move on then to <laughs> song number five, the infamous song number five. We all know what's coming. The most marmite of all songs at Junior Eurovision this year. Presumably. This year, song number five comes from Malta. Uh, little. No, that's full partridge. Do it. No, this is a good six months for your partridgeisms. You have to do it once you've told us it's partridge. Well, I, I was, I was just going to say, uh, the little island that's uh, home to Valletta and all our Maltese compadres. Uh, have sent uh, Iken Kaya with their song My Home <laughs> The hardest, but you stole mine. When you came in my life, it's like you found me. You gon' mine. You can look me in my eyes when you hold my hand, but you won't understand. I got okay. feeling that, that I was I, can can I hand over to our self-proclaimed fan of dodgy Maltese duets, Dan Irvin. <laughs> yeah, where to start with this one? Um, didn't end dubs used to be a three-piece? <laughs> <laughs> I know it's far too much to expect these child singers to write their own music, right? And apparently it happened before, but I didn't know that. But as the adult songwriter that's coming in to write the songs for these kids, surely you have to make it somewhat believable that these lyrics are coming from children. What self-respecting 14-year-old is going to write, Home is where the heart is, but you've stole mine? Or, I've seen enough to know what I'm looking at is but a seed of love. It's like, it's like like Shakespeare or something. I don't. <laughs> but Kaya opens with these sickly sweet vocals. She sings very well. Uh, it's just a bit like she did a school production of Frozen. It is Junior Eurovision. Fair enough. Then Ike comes out of nowhere, dropping this completely unnecessary rap. Um, and unfortunately for his street cred, he's been handed the most vomit-inducing lyrics to rap to. And I'm deadly serious. When I say that, I think Anna from Albania should shadow him for a little while because I think when he goes back to school, he's going to get a bit bullied. 
I don't know where to start with this one. So I'm just going to hand over to Minnie. What What were your thoughts on this? As Dan said, it's so obviously written by adults, maybe not even knowing that it was going to be performed by children, that it turns out very creepy because it's, I mean, we were talking about all these kids' songs are about bullying or a message. I guess the reason for that is in Big Boy Eurovision or pop songs in general, romance is such a domineering theme. And this is what happens when kids do a romantic song. It's weird. They, they obviously don't know what they're singing about. The boy kind of looks like the mother of the girl said, take your little brother along if you're going to go to junior Eurovision, even though he can't sing. So he has to do a rap. They've been dressed as well by adults, possibly more in tune with the kind of adults who'd be performing this song, which makes it even creepier because I feel like there's some lingering shots on the, the body of the girl, which was very uncomfortable. Also, the name Icon Kaya just makes me think, oh, yes, sir, Icon Kaya. Icon Kaya. What, Icon Kayak? Like it's a brag. <laughs> To bring back Phil's fashion police, um, I again, are, are you doing a siren noise there? Yeah. Simon? <laughs> uh, ball gowns and Converse is a a choice. Again, I was I was in two minds. I kind of could believe that she might have chosen those clothes, but I just find it quite unlikely. Uh, we're talking about a qualification here. Unbelievably, this this uh, beat eleven other songs to win the uh, Maltese selection show. Simon, what did you make of this? I, I thought it was Dance at End Dubs. I, I thought it was going for sort of like a Macklemore kind of vibe. Um, Macklemore? Yeah. You, you know. heard Macklemore? Yeah, yeah. He sort of raps. Um, and the thing I thought about it is that it, it, so it's trying to do that, but it's very bad. Uh, and it's made worse by the finger guns, uh, which make a, a, a return, not necessarily a welcome one, but a return. Um, but I did, the thing I did think was that, like, before the rapping started, it was really, really, really bad. And as bad as the rapping is, I think the rapping does elevate it to the, wow. to, like, because, because, like, on its no. own, it's so bad. And at least it's like, it, it might be you might hate the the rapping, but at least it's at least it changed. At least it wasn't the same thing. It wasn't like just force feeding you three minutes of that. It was two bad things, and therefore you could use the bad taste of one of them to rid yourself of the bad taste of the other one. I'm I'm I, not I sure I follow your logic. <laughs> I genuinely laughed out loud when I saw the kid was wearing a T-shirt that has random moment written on it. Because that is basically what he is in this song. It just like comes in. He is a random moment doing this rap thing. Yeah. Also, I... just my final point is that um, there's there's a, a, just two things in the YouTube comment section that I couldn't resist bringing up. Number one is that the top comment is this isn't really my cup of tea, unfortunately, <laughs> but the effort is definitely there. Like that's the, the very minimum you could say about anything is that someone's put some effort into it. Um, and then also uh, someone's complimented the use of the glockenspiel, which is an instrument I haven't thought about in a long time. 
I disagree fundamentally with what you're saying, Simon, about two bad things making it a, a less bad thing collectively. However, I, I, I do take your point that I too did laugh out loud when the, the rapping kid joined in. It probably was my favourite moment of the song, but for entirely the wrong reasons. And on that note, Alex, what were your thoughts on this one? I disagree with Simon. I, 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 I think that the song is a perfectly ad- adequate kind of Disney princess kind of song that, that would have mopped up some of the kind of, uh, you know, un- under 10 girls vote. Um, and indeed, she's sort of half dressed as a Disney princess for much of the video. I, I don't like the rapper, the little lad coming in he comes in late so late to the point when i watched this i was like i can kaya okay so like that's presumably like there's a there's two people you know that's not going to be that can't be her stage name i can kaya that's ridiculous there's obviously two people in this video and it made me wonder if they were twins identical twins because he comes in so late i sort of just assumed that every time the shot sort of went from one pit, one uh, vid, uh, you know, clip of Kaya singing in a particular dress, and then going to another clip of Kaya wearing something else. I just assumed that there was a, they were a twin, and one was called Ike and one was called Kaya, because he comes in so late in the video with this god awful shitty rap. I, I think it's, I think it's an okay song for for kitty for kitty Eurovision. I can imagine young girls would like this song without the rap in it. Maybe they would like it with the rap in it. I'm a thirty year old man. <laughs> Sorry. That... <laughs> As a non sequitur to end on that, I'm a 30 year old man. It did feel like a moment of clarity. Like, yeah, like, what, like, what, what are we, what are we doing here? Yeah. <laughs> Alex just left the call. <laughs> you know, obviously, you shouldn't ban children from things and and, and all that. But pubs. I, no, you uh, should ban them from pubs. I'm, pubs. Just... But really, do fundamentally think that children shouldn't rap? <laughs> uh, it. it not because of of anything other than it sounds terrible it's it sounds so jarringly weird in a sort of unbroken boy's voice children rapping i think will always have a hard pass from me i'm going to introduce you now to the world of matty b raps i think it was called it's a kid's world and it was to the tune of um blurred lines like it's a kid's world can't let it get past it we keep it classic talk about getting flash all of these blurred lines i know you wanna all over the world i know you wanna join a kids world. have i just witnessed the dark web <laughs> <laughs> i look forward to our sequel podcast uh, reviewing kids rapping <laughs> i mean that that's hideous. At least it wasn't rapid. I feel like some things are so irredeemably bad that you shouldn't look for positive aspects of them. <laughs> right. We haven't yet done do's and nil pois for uh, I can Kaya. Uh, I don't think there's any do's pois left, thankfully, despite Simon running us awfully close there at the end. Uh, does anyone have any nil point that they would like to dish out to these two Maltese kids? Yes, Phil. Um, I'm going to give this my nil point. Um, children shouldn't rap. 
according to a panel of five 30-year-old men. Quite right, too. And the motion has passed. I'm also going to give this my nil point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving this my nil point. It was a dire selection, but this is the one I found objectionable. And also features the most incongruous token rap verse since San Marino featuring Flo Rider. That was good. It was incongruous, though. Fucking Flo Rider comes out. That was the weirdest thing I've ever seen until that child came out and started rapping, which children should not do. <laughs> uh, OK, so, yes, a couple of uh, nil quads there means that Malta is bottom of the pile. But by our reckoning, this year's Junior Eurovision winner should be Armenia. We we vaguely happy with that. Do we think she would be a a uh, a worthy winner? I, I basically thought there were there were two songs that were not terrible, and that was one of them. Turns out kids aren't as good at stuff as adults, basically. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, when we were doing the podcasts, I sort of always knew there was going to be a line about what it was possible to enjoy or what <laughs> was only going to be endured. And <laughs> it feels very much like we're into full-on endurance as we plumb the depths of Eurovision content and come up with junior Eurovision. Let's talk about that. <laughs> junior Eurovision 2021. At least it's contemporary. Are you recording? Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. I'm not going to use anything. Name That's him. what they always say, and then someone will say something but interesting. I, I don't think I've ever had a, like, been in a place where the toilet's so close to the kitchen. Have we finished yeah. the beer? Yeah. There's plenty of whiskey. There's oh, whiskey. There's another bottle of wine. There's whiskey in this gin. It's just not beer. <laughs> sherry? Fuck you. A lot of sherry. Yeah. I forgot about the sherry. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of sherry. How did you come upon this idea? To be a school <laughs> governor. <laughs> It's no, almost no. like he's trying to double down on being boring. Hey. <laughs> um, sorry, Aaron, what was your question? Why? Why? Are you in this for the free tea and biscuits at the meeting? I presume there is going to be free tea and biscuits. Well, I think there are wine. better ways to get tea and biscuits than being governor of school. Do you think? Do we all go around the circle and name one thing that Simon could do to help the community <laughs> that's better than being a school governor? Uh, plant a tree. Plant a tree. Yeah, it's more, more beneficial than being a school governor, plant a tree. All right, plant ten trees. <laughs> the hippie suggested planting trees. The lawyer suggested becoming a magistrate. Oh, I'd be interested to hear what the rest of you come up with. What about a youth sports What game? sport will I coach? Like... One where you can wear short shorts. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Look, if we all thoughtful. became school governors at the same school... Oh, we should start yeah, a school! <laughs> no, I don't think we want to set up a school. That's a lot of work. I think we yeah. want to find a school... And find a school, coup d'etat! What's the plan once we do get in? Just installing Step our own... Step three is profit, Phil. <laughs> creating a school in our own image. <laughs> Statues. 
statues of everyone. Slightly, slightly worried that we're now kind of all on board with the idea of us becoming school governors. Oh, it's not <laughs> <laughs> that easy. At the and same before school. you knew it, I had one. It was very convincing. Yeah. It wasn't that convincing. It I'm, didn't make me want to do it. No, I didn't want to do it. It sounds ridiculous. And if you want to give back to the community, there are so many more ways you well, can do I, it. I feel I like literally holding the door at your local post office would be a better <laughs> way to giving back to your community. There is a risk that I'd just be like, yeah, this kid does seem like a bit of a shit. 